Y'all, welcome back. This week, gonna get a little dark, can't lie. Uh, I mean, you know, I'm gonna try and, try and make some funny, funny jokes, but uh, we're gonna be covering the topic of funerals. Not, uh, not really talking price tags. I mean, I'll get into that a little bit, but uh, I mean, fun fact, the United States funeral market is worth over $20 billion annually. Let that sink in, and you know we'll circle back. I, I also don't, I don't want to get into the religious or you know the afterlife portions uh, of the funeral. I don't, I don't really care what you believe. I'm sure you don't care what I believe. That's not the point of this. That's not uh, really not my realm uh, at all, anyways. But it is uh, a big part of a lot of ceremonies. I'm finding like it's, a, it's a, in general, it's a, it's a pretty popular, brought up concept. I mean, you know, regardless of what it is you believe a lot of people bring up what they believe in their ceremony uh the soul in the next phase of life or heaven or you know something along those lines point is my main focus uh is is going to attempt to stay centered around the elaborate construct that is the funeral service itself uh the show the the songs the dressing up the food it, it's there's a huge moment there the the moment surrounding a person's death that for some reason we've made into a rather large occasion uh, I mean, some cultures have it lasting days or even weeks, uh, the longest I can find being the Turahan people of Indonesia. Um, get this. They mummify their recently deceased bodies and then keep them for like three months. Three months. Carrying around a dead guy. I mean, this is, this is some literal Weekend at Bernie-style shenanigans, but they don't think it's funny. Uh, and they don't think it's funny at all, yet it's hilarious. Google it. Pictures are... Anyways, I'm going to try and stick to the topic at hand. Uh, there's probably going to be some left turns. No surprise. But I guess the big question, what, what I'm trying to do, what purpose do these funerals serve? Is it, is it mostly for the living to have a place to you know put their grief? Is it, is it genuinely just to commemorate the dead? Is it secretly an ego play? Like... Deep down, do I only want to commemorate Uncle Larry when he dies? That way everyone will commemorate me when I die. I don't know. Why Why did we start doing this? What is the point? Why are we still doing it if it's been going on forever? And why specifically do we put people in the ground? So, let's begin at the beginning. But where do we start? Right here at Goofy Clown Face. Still a poorly done MST3K reference. Uh, that might stick forever. I don't know. Might never bring it back. Might get sued for copyright. Hope not, but what do I know? Am I right? All right. So, the term funeral. It's derived from the Latin word funus, meaning funeral, funeral procession, burial rites, or my personal favorite, death corpse, which death corpse is a great name for a metal band. Uh, in fact, it's such a good name that it's already been taken. Death Corpse is a self-proclaimed death metal band formed in the late 90s in Bolivia. Check out their, their hugely popular hit, Brutal de Cheso, when you get a chance. It's a, it's a really catchy tune. Anyways, the word funeral initially referred only to the physical act of burying the dead. Uh, up until about the early 1500s, best I can tell. This is when we kind of broadened the term funeral to include the ceremony and the, you know, the grander processes surrounding one's death. But up until the 1500s, it, it did literally mean just burying them, burying them in the dirt. So 
So why do we do that? Why do we put dead people in the ground? My initial guess, I mean, you know, thought, was that putting dead people in the ground, you know, kept them from beaten, you know, being eaten alive by large animals or, you know, birds or whatever. Even, even back when we were relatively unevolved nomads, I, I imagine some Neanderthal still didn't love leaving Grandma Iga out in the open toothed tiger to eat her for dinner. Like, which I think, I think makes sense. I, I can't imagine that regardless of however long we've evolved, that, you know, nobody wants to see a relative be eaten. Uh, however, by now, I imagine uh, pretty much all of us are aware that worms eat us even when we bury us in the dirt. You know, maggots and, and the rest. Uh, if you didn't know that, check out any Rob Zombie music video. There's, there's likely some maggots in there. But if, regardless, it's, it's not like in modern times we fear that a tiger is going to eat Aunt Bertha. So, so why the ground? Why, why take the effort to do this? Best I can find dates back to the Mesopotamians near 5000 BCE. Uh, these people believed that the afterlife existed, and that's where you went when you died, and the afterlife was simply underground. Uh, that's where people that died went. That's where the soul went. So putting a person's body in the dirt actually aided the transition of the soul to the next life. I mean, look, it seems crazy now, but I admit, considering their societal knowledge about the Earth's geology and what was actually below us, and considering they did believe that death leads to life again and that life again is simply down there, then, you know, you know what? Fine. Bury everyone down there. Like, I get it. You know, for whatever. It's, it's contrite, but it's, it, yeah, I get it. Also, going to point out here, uh, I'm sure I misused the Earth's geology as a term. Uh, good chance it's something else entirely. But you know what I mean? Whatever study uh, proved that the Earth's core isn't heaven and it's just, uh, you know, magma. That's what I'm referencing when I say Earth's geology. I, I'm ignorant. Just please go with me. I, I beg of you. So, 7,000 years ago, these Mesopotamians at least had a reason. An arguably good one, but they had a reason. But evidence of burying the dead in the dirt, I mean, it goes back 90,000 years to a site called the Grave of Kafseh in Israel. Uh, that's Q-A-F-Z-E-H. We originally found this site in the 30s, uh, but, you know, there was war and other complications and such. But, uh, you know, in the, in the late 1960s, we started digging it out, and we found 15 people were buried, along with tools, uh, genuinely, along with tools, deer antlers, and other items, you know, supposedly thought to help them in the afterlife. Uh, now, humans... I'm saying this. Humans, it's is a vague definition of humans. You know, the, the hominid creatures that we are or whatever. We've, we've existed for roughly 200,000 years. And at least 90,000 years ago, we were burying people in the dirt. And I, I'd wager a guess that we've probably been doing this forever. I mean, I can't prove it, obviously. Uh, but, I'm, you know, I'm willing to bet we've been burying people in the dirt, along with their tools, for pretty much always. Now, I don't know what the first guy was thinking, Burying his buddy, just going, hey, look, if there's one thing I know about Earl, it's that he loved to dig. And I bet Earl, he's going to need this here shovel in heaven, so I'm, I'm going to put this down here with him. Like, the afterlife is, is, is a concept. I know it brought up heaven again, and I'm going to over and over. But it's a concept that it, it's woven into basically every burial and funeral that I can find throughout history, 
regardless of, of, of year or location or religion or any factor, the, the afterlife is just present. It's, it's, it's a thought that we've all cultivated and kept for whatever reason. And, and pretty much a lot of cultures buried people with their tools and, and other things to help them in the afterlife. I mean, the Vikings were buried with basically all of their possessions, some even with their horses. And, and that's, that's not even unique to the Vikings. I mean, Germanic heritage did it. Chinese cultures did it. Turkish folks did it. Egyptians did it. I mean, the, the list, it, it goes on. It seems as early as we've been burying people, we've been burying them along with petty possessions. Like that was, like that was actually going to help them in the next life. And I mean, look, I, I said up front, I don't care what religion you subscribe to. It doesn't matter. Uh, I, I think, however, regardless of what it is you believe, we can all agree that burying people with tools seems pretty silly. <laughs> like, just imagine people who died this year that you know, might have been buried with their smartphones. And then, you know, they show up to whatever the next life is, if that's a thing. And, and there's some ancient Israeli holding deer antlers. Just... Just picture them being introduced to each other. I mean, I, I imagine my buddy Preston. <clears throat> I imagine my buddy Preston with his gold iPhone walking into the afterlife and, you know, being talked to by some sweet, angelic, I, I picture southern-sounding female host. I mean, he'd eventually get over the shock and then immediately ask where he can get a gluten-free vegan sandwich. You know what I mean? Like, I, I, I think if, if we do, in fact, carry our possessions over to the afterlife... Um, I think it'd go something a little bit like this. Welcome, Preston. Now, don't be afraid. This is, this is just the next phase of life. Whoa, wait. Where am, what's, what's going, what, who are you? Yes, now, don't worry. I'm sure you have many questions, and all will be answered in due time, I assure you. First things are, whoa, whoa, whoa. I had... So much left to do. I had people to count on me. I got to go back. I know, sweetie. Most everyone feels that way. I promise the shock wears off, though. Yeah, I actually, I, I can feel that. Uh, and, and to be honest, I didn't, I didn't really have anything important to do or, or that many people that cared. I just, I just kind of like to pretend I'm busy to look cool. So, yeah, it's kind of what I, oh, we know, sugar. We know all about you. Oh. I mean, yeah, I guess... I guess you do. So, uh, so what's the Wi-Fi password? Oh, of course, sweetie. It's eternal with an exclamation point. Uh, it's a capital E, and the A is that uh, that spinny at symbol. We didn't really want to add the exclamation point, but it had to be eight characters, you know? Yeah, I, I freaking hate that. And, all right, so it's eternal with it. Got it connecting. Wait, what, what is this? Only, only two bars? I thought this was heaven. I can't even get 4G? Jesus Christ. Ooh, sorry. Sorry about that. Oh, baby. That's all right. But I'm sure you've heard the phrase, on earth as it is in heaven. So, um, yeah, Verizon sucks here, too. Yeah, no, no, no all right. That makes, that makes sense. So where, where's the nearest bar? I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, honey. What? Don't tell me there's no bar. Oh, my God. This must be hell. Well, bless your plum butter and heart. I'm just fooling, of course. There is a bar. It's it's not very far from here. I'll show you the way, and and along the way, I'll show you around. Yeah, I'll I'll, I'll need that because 
I mean, who who are those people? They're they're wearing neon and they're they're spinning upside down. Were they some sort of religious cult or were they in a oh pumpkin muffin? Those people just died in the eighties. They're breakdancing. I think that's called a head span. Y'all might get along in a in a pretty basic sense, but but they won't understand a lot of your more recent pop culture references. Oh, all right, I guess. Holy, is is that a toga party? You silly peach pit. No, those are actual Romans. They don't speak English, I'm afraid, but but they do enjoy a good drink of wine, so so feel free to join them. I must warn you, though, they tend to fight a lot after they've drank their fill. Whoa. Who are those people? They're not even wearing shirts, and are they are they holding deer antlers? Well, of course, honey bunches of oats. They've been here for about 100,000 years. I don't recommend showing them your phone. They'll think you're a witch. Oh, and here we are. The bar's just inside those doors. Everything's on the house, but, but it's a rather limited selection, I'm afraid. You can go with Jägermeister or coconut-flavored Zima. Okay, so uh, y'all might have noticed Preston sounds just like me. Um, I shouldn't do voices. I do voices. I shouldn't, uh, I shouldn't do voices. So back on track. Um, my initial thought of why we bury the dead is, you know, don't let the animals or birds or whatever eat it. But that, that's, uh, that's wrong, or at least it can be proven wrong by at least one sect of people. Uh, the Buddhists in Tibet, they, get this, they cut their dead into pieces and leave it where the vultures can eat it. And they do this on purpose. <laughs> the, the Buddhists believe the, they believe the soul has already carried on to the next phase and is no longer in the body. So it's, it's not necessarily even a morbid thing uh, so much as, I, I guess you could call it an act of generosity. Uh, you know, they're feeding the living with, with the dead, as I guess you know, most of our meals, you know, I thought the burger I had tonight was feeding me with it anyways. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of poetic. Like, I don't know, man, I'm, sh- I'm just trying to spin this nicely. But, I mean, Jesus, they, they actually feed their dead to birds. But, again, it's because they believe the soul has already gone on to the afterlife. I, it, I can't get away from it. The afterlife is just, it's, it's ever present when you bring up or you look up the concept of death. So basically they think the soul has already carried on into a new body and started a new life. So the, the, you know, the old body is meaningless. Now, they do believe the soul has carried on unless the soul has attained nirvana. Um, I don't necessarily understand all that. I don't think we need me to delve into uh, that, that particular topic. So, I mean, I mean, clearly I'm not qualified to talk about nirvana uh, other than the obvious fact that Smells Like Teen Spirit, not even a top five song of theirs. Jokes, people. Jokes. So, going in an entirely different direction from both the Buddhists and the Mesopotamians are my new favorite people, the Turahans that I mentioned earlier. Uh, they believe the soul stays in the body for weeks, if not months. Uh, so they mummify it, continue to talk to it as if the person, you know, whatever. And uh, I'm not kidding here, y'all. Google this. I'm not kidding. There are pictures of entire families gathered around a dead body as if that's just cool. Now, look, I, I, I know I'm a Westerner. I understand my point of view is, is obviously not one that considers this kind of stuff anywhere in the realm of normal. Uh, I know I've been conditioned to think that death is final, but still, you mummified Uncle Horace and you just leave that guy on the couch? How, 
how am I supposed to watch the game with this dead motherfucker right here? Like, what in the world? And look, the crazy doesn't even stop there. Listen, if there are any Turahians listening, I swear I like y'all. You have a wholly unique culture surrounding death. It's awesome, but it is absolutely crazy. There's no getting around it. Y'all don't even... Listen, guys. They don't even bury the body, okay? After, you know, potentially months, they don't even bury the body. They put it in a casket and hang it from a cliff. Then, then, every few years, they pull that mummified body out, clean it, and give it new clothes. Then hang it straight the fuck back off a mountain. What are we doing? This, this is why, this, I didn't even know this existed, but this is exactly why I started this episode about this or why I started looking into this kind of stuff. To what ends are we supposed to go with this particular death, with, with this ceremony? You know what I mean? It, in theory, in 30 or 40 generations down the line, I mean, just, just think about it right now. How many relatives do you have? Think of your great, 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 great grandparents. So, I mean, and look, I know I'm forcefully blowing this out of proportion, but in 30 or 40 generations, it will be your responsibility to go clean up every one of your aunts and your uncles and your grandmas and your grandpas and your great-great-grandmas and your great-great-great-great-great-grandpas and your cousins. You have to go spend so much of your time cleaning and redressing dead people, it won't leave any time to live. So, I mean, I know, I admit this. I don't know if my soul goes anywhere after I die. I I have no idea, and I'm not sure that I even want to know. But I do know this. When I die, I couldn't care less what I'm wearing. Couldn't possibly care less. Because I'm dead. So what do I care what clothes are on me? Life is for the living. Let the dead dress themselves. So why are we doing this? Why why do we do anything in remembrance of the dead but specifically why do we do it differently everywhere and why have we made it into such a big deal do we truly feel it's a way to respect the deceased and if so that's fine but then why do we feel like the dead need the respect of the living uh, you know like uh, do, what do they care do, do you think there's anybody that's truly not at peace until they have people sing at their funeral like is that a thing like i just don't understand it and i admit i don't understand it what do i know maybe Maybe these funerals are actually just for ourselves to give us something to just, you know, to distract ourselves from the grief or somewhere to, you know, compartmentalize our our grief and our emotions. Or, you know, maybe do we need these services and rituals to, you know, to help place our sadness somewhere and maybe leave it in in, in a building or in a, you know, a plot of land somewhere that we bury? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. Do we really need a way to help remember the dead in the future? Is that it? I mean, are we all just afraid of dying? So we make these elaborate, you know, honor the dead constructs. That way that, you know, we think when we die, people will do the same for us and they'll honor us. And, you know, it, 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 at its core, is it really just self-centered? Is it just some, you know, some poorly thought out hope that, you know, I will never be forgotten and my kids' kids will still talk about me and my great-great-great-great-grandkids will still talk about their awesome great-great-great-great-grandpa whom they've never met or seen. Because, I mean, I got to admit, I, this is just me. This is, I, whatever. But I don't feel that I'm so important that I would want anyone to gather around my dead body. I truly don't. I, th- I think that's insane. 
Uh, however, in, instead of gathering around my dead body and burying it, I want my living relatives to cremate me, gather around, gather around the remains together, and sift through the ashes, picking out my bones one by one and put me into an urn. Now, obviously that seems like a joke, except it isn't. It's a real thing. Japanese culture does this literally right now. Today, they are doing... Google it. I'm not kidding. There are pictures of children using oversized chopsticks, sifting through the ashes to grab the bones of their grandpa Kazuko. And then they put these bones in order in a vase. And uh, look, side note, if you think I'm racist for, uh, for going with Grandpa Kazuko, I'm not. I googled most popular Japanese names from the 1940s, and that was on top of the list. So odds are, an elderly Japanese man is literally named Kazuko. Plus, didn't hear you complaining about calling a caveman's grandma Iga, and that's clearly a stereotypical grunt noise. Any cavemen out there? I meant 100% offense by that. Also, uh, Iga is another MST3K reference. Apparently, I'm going to make a lot of those. I don't know why. But for real, the Japanese do this. And for real, they put the foot bones in first, then the leg bones, then the hip bones, all the way up to the head. They do it in order. And I assume during this process, they're playing the Japanese version of Dem Dry Bones in the background. Oh, well, your toe bone connected to your foot bone, your foot bone connected to you, heel bone, your feel bone connected to you, ankle bone, now put them bones in a vase. I shouldn't, I shouldn't sing or, or do voices, but uh, probably not going to stop. So moving on, the only practical reason I can think of for doing anything close to any of these things is that we somewhat consider it necessary for the soul to be at peace or to carry on to the next life, or, you know, whatever. Like I said, the Mesopotamians thought the afterlife was just simply down there, so they put people down there. And, you know, that's, in, in a way, it's just it's their attempt at helping ease the transition. And best I can tell that that's what every funeral is. There's so many examples of humans trying to ease the transition. It's why we, you know, buried them with their tools. It, it's really why we'll do just about anything and everything we can if we think it'll help. It's, it's pretty obvious throughout history that we will do whatever we think might help. And I, I think that it's so obvious that many people have taken advantage of it, most notably the Catholic Church, bringing about the concept of indulgences, which was, um, I'm just going to quote, it's a way for living people to help ease the suffering and punishment for a recently dece- deceased person's sins. So literally, the church would tax you, the living, to pay for any of your recently dead humans, the family members, uh, say, you know, your uncle died, you pay the church money and the church will, I guess, bribe God to let him into heaven. Like that's literally like that. But, I'm, you know, this sounds absurd, but it was true. Uh, of course, they've done away with that by now because clearly that's insane. But that was real. Literally paying money to help dead people get into heaven. I mean, that's it's brilliant. Uh, good, good on you, Catholic Church. I'm sure you made a ton of money selling nothing. Uh, that's amazing. But I think that's 
what's at the root of all this funeral stuff is that people are willing to pay that money and people are willing to dress up. People are willing to cook. People are willing to drink coffee or wine or whatever the hell. Everybody is willing to do everything no matter what. I was recently at a funeral and I did a reading from a book and I had no interest in doing it, but I wanted to because you, you just become willing in these moments. You want to do anything that you possibly can. Because, you know, much like I have friends and family who will not laugh at religious jokes because they don't want to tempt fate and they don't want to go to hell. And to be honest, I don't blame them for that. I really don't. Now, I admit I don't know what it takes to get to heaven. I would imagine an all-powerful creator wouldn't judge you for laughing at a joke. But seriously, what do I know? Uh, nothing, clearly. So maybe that's it. Maybe, maybe we all just want to do everything we possibly can to make sure that our loved ones get to the afterlife or get to peace or get to, you know, whatever it is you personally believe is in the next chapter. Now, this is all assuming that you are of the belief that there is a next chapter. Not, definitely not going to argue with anyone about what you believe on that subject. Uh, far be it from me to talk you into or out of anything. I don't care at all. I just say it speaks to our willingness to help one another, even in death, that will do just about anything. Uh, and to do just about anything, we will take it to ridiculous lengths. Um, literally. Here's, here's a list of some of the longest and most expensive funerals. Abraham Lincoln. Uh, longest one I can find, two full weeks in 1865. They estimate that over 7 million people attended. In 1865, travel wasn't exactly easy, and 7 million people showed up some point within that two weeks. Uh, Leon Trotsky uh, in Mexico City, he had a one-week funeral. Joseph Stalin in the 50s had a four-day funeral. Now, I think it was more of a, like a state-defined thing. Pretty sure they just said, look, we're doing this. You have to show up. And, you know, I get it. Fine. Whatever. Definitely not a state thing was Malcolm X. And his lasted four days as well in uh, 1965. Now, the Ayatollah Khomeini, he only had two days. Uh, this was in Iran. But over 10 million people showed up to his two-day few 10 million people in two days. That's crazy. To put that in perspective, Princess Diana uh, only had a one-day funeral, and only one million people showed up in London. Michael Jackson, also only one day. Only 17,000 people in person, but it was, a, it was kind of a closed ceremony. But three billion people watched on TV. Three billion people tuned in. Michael Jackson's funeral, uh, just to start some of the, the money talks, one million dollars. Princess Diana... Uh, actually cost, I think I want to say, where was it? Six, six to $11 million estimated. Six to $11 million for a funeral. And that doesn't even begin to crack. Pope John Paul estimated $12 million. JFK, $15 million. King, Kim Jong, $40 million. Think about what you could do. Think about the infrastructure you could build, especially... It, it, Instead of using that $40 million to help the populace, they just used it for a ceremony on a dead old guy. I mean, that's just, that's, it, it, this blows my mind. Even more mind-blowing, and I'll admit that I don't exactly understand how they calculated this, but, I mean, just kind of go with me here. Um, Reagan, Ronald Reagan. Now, it, to get this number, 
they they had to calculate how much was paid in holidays because they shut down every state job how much money was technically lost in the stock market because they turned you know they just they weren't trading that day all of the security all of the gas for all of the processions and etc so i mean this 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 figure is taken collectively but either way 400 million dollars was spent on ronald reagan's funeral 400 million dollars this this is i can't even like that doesn't like 400 million dollars doesn't even make sense to me i can't even picture that in my mind but you spent that all on one dead guy what i mean also topping that is alexander the great uh they estimate 600 million in current u.s dollars but i mean look take that for what it's worth they they the stories claim he was dipped in honey and put in a gold sarcophagus and that was put in a gold casket and that gold casket was put in a gold chariot pulled by 60 horses all wearing gold i mean like that's that that is literally what they say you know fine whatever i'm sure it was stupid luxurious but i mean how how are we going to put a modern day dollar amount on that but point is this illustrates just how important we all believe funerals to be regardless of religion or location or era everyone throughout history gives a gigantic massive flying flip about funerals and it's not just true for humans i mean it kind of kind of throws a giant wrench in my original theory that you know, funerals are kind of man-made or a way to stroke our own ego and believe that maybe when we die, people will care about, you know, it's not, it's clearly not because uh, many animals have been observed with many funeral-type rituals. Dolphins will gather around, they're recently deceased, kind of swarm them uh, for several days. If there are human divers or other fish, I mean, they won't let anybody near it. They really won't. They'll make a human, well, not a human, they'll make a dolphin chain uh, around it and a barrier and protect them. Elephants will bury each other. Elephant, hell, elephants will bury other species. They, they, there has been evidence of elephants. It's shown. Google it. Elephants bury rhinos, buffaloes, and cows, and they bury them with food. Again, evidencing this this need to bury people or animals or whatever with tools and food to help you in the afterlife. If this isn't something that humans created, elephants do it too. Even if it is just kind of a respect thing. Look, I'm not going to pretend I know the, the psyche of an elephant. But you buried a dead animal with food. You came up with that on your own. Clearly, humans didn't teach them that. They didn't copy that from us. That's a thing that is innate somehow in a, in a genetic makeup of a living human being that you are living creature of any kind to, to do that for one another, which it just taps such a deeper level than I expected for any of this. Get this. Chimpanzees will have organized group silences for hours and then are followed with many funeral-like behaviors like gathering around, solemnly viewing. They will groom the recently deceased before this. They will actually groom, just like we do. And then when it's all done, they will have loud lamentations. I don't know if it was just funerals that I've been to in the South, uh, because I'll admit that I, I haven't heard that so much uh, in, in the few that I've been to up in the North. But in the South, I've heard people scream at funerals, specifically parents of children. And I'll be fair, I haven't gone to a funeral of a parent uh, or a funeral of a child where their parents were in attendance up here. So maybe that's the, the issue. But point is... I've heard parents screaming and wailing at funerals. Screaming and wailing. And apparently, chimpanzees do that too. So this isn't just a human thing. It can't be. 
it, it's it's clearly something that's just kind of beyond my realm of understanding. So I can't even put a term on it, but you know what I mean? It's that. It's deeper. It seems real. So that brings me <laughs> to my next point. Why do we bury people in nice clothes? Monkeys do it too. They groom the bodies. We do it. We put them in suits, nice dresses, makeup. Is it a respect thing? I mean, is, is it a fear thing? Are we so scared of death that we can't face it head on? We have to dress it up and try and deflect it at least as best we can to distract ourselves from it. I, honestly, I, I think it's yet another scheme propagated by the funeral business. Uh, spend a ton of money on a box to put a dead guy in. and You know what? While you're at it, spend a ton more money and buy a nice suit for the dead guy to be buried in. And, and look, Y'all don't need me to go off on a rant here uh, about funeral expenses and whether or not we're all getting ripped off by the funeral business. That's not that's not my place to do it. So instead, here's Jimmy the Rant. Hey, it's your boy Jimmy, and you know what's got me going today? Funerals. You don't have a choice. Funerals are a minimum of six thousand dollars. Are you mooks kidding me? Six grand? This is ridiculous. If your family member dies and you don't have any money, you know what happens? You go into debt because the state's getting that money and they're getting it out of your suffering. Google, Google it. What do you do when you can't afford a burial? You know what comes up? You can take out a loan, you can start a GoFundMe, or you could ask your relatives. Yeah, right. I ain't showed up to Thanksgiving since 97. Ha! <laughs> you gotta be pasta for juuling me over here, ask your relatives. Don't you dare. Spend that much money on me when I die. Hell, when I die, I expect to be taken out to a nice lobster ravioli dinner that I'll mysteriously end up in the river. You know what I'm saying? But but for real, if I end up in the harbor, I said it here first. It was that rat bastard Tony Tutos. And yeah, sure, I accidentally ran over his feet with a lawnmower when we were kids. But you gotta get over that, Tony. I'm sorry people make fun of your limp, but it's like Timon in The Lion King says. You got to put your past in your past to get past. Your, you got to get, get past your past, kid. Cause so, it's in, so it's gone. All right, funerals. You can sign a release with the coroner that states you can't afford a funeral. But then your family member gets buried in a public burial site, which basically means they get thrown in a public ditch. I'd like to find whoever made funerals so expensive, and make them end up in a public ditch. And I do it nice and slow, whole time chopping off fingers, telling them how much this is going to cost your loved ones, bit by bit by bit. Okay, Jimmy, thank you very much, man. Going to gonna have to cut you off there. Hey, I know I'm going to cut off their toes. I'm going to cut out the thank you. Uh, thank you, Jimmy. We're going we're gonna to call that one a night. So yet again, all my preconceived notions are wrong. Uh, that's that's three episodes out of three. Uh, I've been wrong every time. Funerals don't seem to be due to fear of death because uh, some cultures feed the dead to birds. Some keep them for weeks and mummify them and redress them for years later. So I mean, it's it's. I don't think it's that so much. It can't be an ego play if other species do it. It just can't be. It has to be something more innate because I, I don't see some group of cocky dolphins having started this trend and in hope that their great-great-grandchildren still talk about how awesome their great-great-great-great-grandpa Flipper was. And, and look, if, if using the name Flipper offended you because that's stereotypical for dolphins, then uh, I want you to hear this loud and clear. <laughs> and your mother. Clearly, 
Funerals aren't just a way to keep the dead from being eaten because, like I said, some some societies purposely feed the dead to the animals. Hey, I fed a guy to the pigs once. I had to get rid of him before the cops came because he knocked on me for... Jimmy, I said goodnight. So y'all for real, what, what are we doing? <laughs> I, I have absolutely no idea. I, I, I have less of an idea now than when I started looking this stuff up. And, and, and maybe that's just it. None of us know how to approach death. Because how could we? So we all just kind of do what's been done before and, you know, maybe make some small changes to personalize it or whatever. But regardless of, of culture and region, even though there, there can be some vastly different traditions from, you know, America to India, basically all of us just do what's been done before because we don't really know what to do. It's why we all seem to offer up the same condolence to anyone mourning that, that you know, quote, Please let me know if there's anything I can do. Just tell me how I can help. What can I do? You know, end quote. Because we, we have no idea what to do. So we put out that, you know, social blank check just in, in hopes of helping in the slightest bit, which I think is, is the positive thing to take from this. I think we all want to help, even though deep down, I think we all know there's really nothing we can do to help people mourning. Uh, I, I think it's, it's why we say that. We want to help, but we know that we can't. And even more so, if we really want to get real, we know there's nothing we can do to actually help the dead. But I mean, what do I know? <laughs> Clearly nothing. That one, uh, that about wraps this one up, y'all. Uh, if you've listened to all three of these, I uh, can't believe it. Uh, appreciate it. Still don't, uh, still don't have a Twitter. Still not going to link any other social media stuff. So I feel like I should probably try and get good at these things before I open up to criticism. But uh, regardless, genuinely, if you've listened to this one or any of them and made it all the way to the end, uh, you're awesome. Thanks for, thanks for hanging out. Have a good one.